Um, okay. I need a worksheet. All right, fellas. Everyone have a handout? No. Oh, sorry. Handouts over here. Uh, if you're listening live, I apologize. No handouts. Oh, you know what? Dan, Dan I'm going to send you a handout. Um, okay. Gentlemen, great to see everybody again. Um, we are, uh, once again, thank you to the Greenspans. Not just for hosting, but for uh, mosting. Um, appreciate it very much, as always. Uh, next, we were somewhere else, I think, but to be uh, no, no, I don't know, uh, to be uh, to be announced, to be announced. You can still come. For you can still come. Yeah, you can still come to eat. Um, okay, uh, this topic is a serious topic, um, but it is a very um, relevant one, unfortunately, for a lot of people. Um, I've got this question a few times, and it comes up a lot um, for people. Um, I actually. Um, attended an intermarriage once um, as a teenager and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, what happened was my, I've spoken to you before I think about my, my high school baseball coach, Coach G. So Coach G, who was a very, actually had a profound impact on my life, I mean in a serious way. He was a, a wonderful, is a wonderful person. Uh, he was an amazing coach and role model and uh, a mentor for me in, in many ways. Um, he married a Jewish girl actually from Boston College. And we were all invited to the wedding, um, which took place on Shabbos, actually. So we didn't go on Shabbos. We went, like, at the end of Shabbos, we, like, went there. And I had no, no idea in my mind as a Shiloh about going. Um, but there's serious, serious questions that relate to this issue. Um, one thing I just want to say from the outset, which should be obvious, which should be obvious, certainly keeping with the, 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 the times that we're in right now, uh, this is in no way, and we'll see, hopefully you'll see from some of the things we're going to say, it's not meant in any way to disparage uh, any Jew, any Jew who makes choices that they make. People make the choices that they make, and that's between them and the Rebbe Sholem. But uh, it's, to, it's to clarify for ourselves, to make sure we know how to handle this situation, and to be honest, to, I mean, we're always honest, but and to be, to be, the truth be told, um, the more you know about this halacha, this, con- this concept, the better we can handle those situations and hopefully be more respectful and less offensive. That's the whole idea here also. So the, the goal here is to find out and know what the issues are, uh, to know how to handle these types of situations. But I'm not gonna, what I'm not going to tell you at the end, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to tell you the halacha is as follows. Every scenario to see why is unique. Every, every relationship is unique. Um, so I'm going to explain to you why we make such a big deal about this, why there are those who uh, are lenient at times, um, certain scenarios sometimes. Um, but the bottom line is that this is a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big Shiloh. And therefore, if, you're, if you have the Shiloh in front of you, it's a question that should, that should be asked individually because um, every single case is, is, is different. But let's, let's get going right from the outset. Uh, wh- what is the, pro- for, before we talk about attending an intermarriage, we have to know that an intermarriage is, is prohibited. It has to be an Isser. Right, if it's not Usser, then there's no problem. Right, so the question is, what's the Isser? So the Isser is, a, and this is the right of It's beferish in the Torah, it's verse number one. Uh, the the, the Parshas Vashchan and the Pasuk is bam. Right, you should not marry them. It's talking about, the context is talking about the, the people in Eretz Yisrael when you're going to arrive. So when you get there, don't marry them. Bitcha loti ten live no. You should not give your daughter to their son. Ubito loti kach livanecha. You should not take their daughter for your son. Because 
Because if that happens, what's going to happen? Your sons will get, you know, totally taken over by them. They, your son marries a non-Jewish woman. Forget about it. They'll, they're going to they're going to leave, and they're going to they're going to end up being over there by the Zara, and that's going to make Hashem very upset, and He will destroy you very quickly. Um, what's interesting is that you notice that it starts with. You shouldn't allow your son to marry their daughter and your daughter to marry their son, but then only says what's going to happen? He has serious because your son will be taken away. So the Gemara there learns from there. That's how we learn the concept that, um, that the Jewish identity goes according to the mother. Because the point is it's only that the son will get totally pulled away and there when that happens now everyone's going to, you're going to lose your Jewish identity. But if it's the daughter so the Jewish identity remains because the, the daughter is Jewish. So that's just a side point. That comes from this from this conversation. Also, comes right from from that place. Is that a machlokas in the Gemara? Was one machlokas? Yes, it is a machlokas in the Gemara. Um, there are some who say uh, I shouldn't say I, I didn't look into that carefully uh, that question, but I believe there is a machlokas in the Gemara. That's how we pass it. We pass in the Gemara. Marriage, not birth. It's talking about marriage, but the point being. I'm just saying the Gemara learns from this, from this Pasuk. Uh, this is not the focus of our conversation. But the, but the, the Gemara does learn from this Pasuk that it says that only that your son will be taken away. Why only your son? Your daughter will also be taken away. So the Gemara learns from there. It's the Gemara Nevamos. That learns from there that if the, if the son marries a woman, a non-Jewish woman, so then the, then the children will be not Jewish. But in the opposite case, the children are Jewish. So, but not our... But not our a quick question. How yeah. do you know that the Pasuk is not just talking about the Shiva Amalim? Is talking about non all non Jews, all non Jews. Good question, good question. But we assume it means all non Jews. That's not a, that's not I, a, I understand that. Yeah. I'm saying because the Pasuk says if you're going to stop, don't marry like any they, of them. There was only one time that there was a Mechamas Mitzvah, everything else is a Mechamas Correct, but it's not part of that Mechamas, but it's not, it's not part of parcel of the Mechamas Mitzvah. No, but I'm it's saying, the, but, it, but it was a specific thing, so here too it could be specifically correct, but it's not. It's in, correct, yeah, but it's not. Yes, yeah, generally learned to mean all, all people who are not Jewish. Uh, you have concepts also of Bolaramis, which is not. Not, not specifically to, to the Shiva Amim. Right. We have it even before the Yatarit Yisrael. Okay. That Isser, right? The Isser at the time of, of Pinchas. Right. right? So that's even before the Yatarit Yisrael. So this Isser applies before. Okay. Um, it doesn't apply before Matan Torah. I was one time at a three, they used to do in Charleston something called the Three Rabbi Panel. They'd have their Orthodox and Conservative and Reform rabbis get up and each, and they, they, they debate you know, different topics. So one day they did intermarriage. So the, the Reform <laughs> rabbi, her argument, that uh, for permitting intermarriage from the Torah is that, that Moshe married a non-Jew. So what's the kasha? What's the kasha? Did she, did she convert? It's before Matan Torah. Oh. <laughs> Every, everyone that, Avram also married a non-Jew, right? Everybody's not Jewish. There's no Jews yet. So, uh, so, that's, uh, so the, the issue began in the, in, the, in the Midbar. Fine. The bottom line is it's an Isidaraisa to marry someone who's not Jewish. That is, that is an Isidaraisa for a Jewish man to marry a non-Jewish woman. Or a Jewish woman to marry a non-Jewish man. That's an Issa Daraisa. Fine. Good. So now that it's us, sir, and that, that the act of getting married, lo sits chatein bam, right? That getting married to each other is itself an Issa. Um, so the question becomes, what happens when someone else is doing an Avera? You're not doing the Avera. And I see them doing it. And I, uh, I somehow participate. Or I, or I even watch or I show up or whatever while they're doing so. Is that, what, what issue would that be for me? I'm not doing anything. Right? They're the one doing the Avera. I'm, you know, people make their own choices. Okay, do what you want. Maybe, maybe I'm disappointed and I'm sad, whatever. But I'm not facilitating it. I'm not doing anything. I'm not renting the hall for them. I'm, I'm just, right? just going to be there. Why should there be any Isser um, included here? So there are actually a number of Isurim that can, that, that can come up in this case. So look at source number two. The source number two 
um, talks about, without getting into all the details, bottom line being a conversation about a Aisha's Chavar, the wife of a, of a uh, you know, a from person. That she can involve with, be involved with the, Amar, the, the wife who's an Amar, it's meaning that she doesn't know the halacha so well. Right? Maybe she's doing things that are going to involve you surim. But once she goes ahead and starts, the assumption being that she's doing, uh, involved in planting and things like that on, on, during Shvias, during Shemitah, you know, so she starts getting herself involved in actually planting, watering, and things like that. So at that point, you have to step away. You can't be part of what she's doing. You can't help her. Anything. Why? Because uh, right, you're not allowed to be machzik, to strengthen the hands of those who do avera. So you're not allowed to be involved in helping people or strengthening people who are doing averas, even though you're not the one doing the avera. Right? Just providing for them and things like that. The first question is a question usually of, of lifna iver, right? This comes from the question, it's connected to the issue of lifna iver. Right? Lifna iver meaning that I'm not allowed to, let's say, um, let's say, uh, let's say, I know that non-Jews worship two by fours. And I own, and I own a Home Depot, right? So I can't, all those things wouldn't make sense in other things. <laughs> Both directions, right? I don't even know where to go. You know? I'm like that guy. You know? So but let's just make a theoretical situation, which is impossible. Um, so let's say I know that they, ha- and they have like two by four worship day is January 27th, right? So on January 27th, they want to come into my store and they want to purchase two by fours from me so that I can sell them to them and they can go use them for their Vodazara. Right? So the Allah is selling them to them should be a violation of what's called the Evalutite Mikshal. Right, I'm placing a stomach by for a blind person. Even it implies, by the way, even to a non-Jew, even to a non-Jew, not just to a Jew. A non-Jew do we have a also? So the question becomes: Midaraisa, well, can they can they go to Lowe's? And if they can go to Lowe's, they get the two by fours there. So that's called the only time it's is the rice is if they can only get it from me. It's called trade ibn denar. I mean, we're on two sides of the of the of the, of the river, and only I can get it to them. Basically, that's like the. So then it's, it's the Raisa, I'm providing them to do the Yisra. But if, it's, if we're on the same place, and they can go to that place or go to me, and they don't really need me, but I'm still providing for them, that's an Yisra Darabonim, um, to, to provide things for them. But so a, a, as an ex, extension, sort of, that Yisra is the Yisra what's called, so, so this is not Lifnei Iver, you know, being at their, at their wedding, you're not, they're doing, they're, they're going to do it with you or without you. You're, you're, not, you're not providing for them to do the Yisra. But when I am present, we'll have to see, um, there could be a problem of being helping people or even encouraging, we're going to see, uh, the violation of an Isser. Uh, yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten to the end. Would, yes. Would you definitely say that you can't be an aid under the chuppah first? Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, that, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, you should not know. Yes. I hadn't even, like, yeah. Yes. Yes, we're gonna have to keep going, but yeah, that that would for sure that would be a, bit, a really much much harder shallow. Because then you're like really that's like a lift naive there abundant for sure. Besides, you're gonna see there's a lot more possibility surim involved here. Yeah. Eat chatein is a, is a halachic process. Yeah, interesting, right? It's not interesting. Lotus chatein bomb. Yeah. And they're, and they're not doing a halachic process. Good. So then why are like unless they actually halachic? Well, we don't. We do this. Hit chatein in in Hebrew is not really a halachic term. Fine. So, that, so it's actually the opposite. The but they're, do, they're doing what they so call Hidukatein. What does it mean, It means to create an official relationship. But we wouldn't call it, it's not, it's not, it's not a marriage in Judaism. 
So that so we don't interpret what so like where where do you don't do don't do what they call marriage. Hidchatein is the language they would use for marriage. Yeah, I know we call it a chasana. Okay, good. But, no, what, so what but we call it kiddushin. Right? Right, so how do you define what that, whatever what that, that is? Whatever that is for them. They define it. Well, they define it. So, so, okay. so in any culture, the Torah is saying that in any culture you shouldn't get together or whatever with a non-Jew. However it is that, that, that non-Jews get together, you shouldn't get together the way they do that. Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, which is, by the way, different than an issue of having relations. It's a, separate, it's a separate thing. That's a separate. We're talking tithchatein is the is the act of of creating the relationship, the marriage relationship. Yes. Um, okay. Um, same thing. Source number three. Gemara Morazar in Dorchen im Yisrael sheosa perosa betuma sheosa lesayeh yadei overevera. But again, you're not allowed to. Uh, you know, you're stomping grapes or something, right? And and the and the and the, the other Jew is doing it. In a way that is causing tumult, doing it but tumult. So whatever issue that is, the bottom line is that you are helping them because you're again you're helping them do the avera, the issue of yisayeya the day over avera. You're not doing lifneiver per se, but you are encouraging and helping somebody do something that is usher. So look at source number four is the Rambam. Vamat eyu mevi osoli de michshol. If you bring a person to do it to do, you make them stumble. Oshetzivahu al avera, or you command them. Right, let's say uh, you ask somebody who's not, not Shomer Tatar Mitzvah, not Shomer Shabbos, oh, can you turn on the light for me? Right? That's, ask, that's commanding them to do, you're not, right? you're not tricking them, but you're asking them to do the Avera for you. And it's some, someone who's not from maybe doesn't care. And they'll do it for you anyways. So it's someone says, so maybe I should get someone who's not from. That doesn't help. Right? Uh, you help him in some way. I feel a deep or muat. Even just saying something small over who Amash Amr Hashem lifne Iver lifne Michshol you violate lifne Iver im garam laaver if you cause the avera osha over al dvar Hashem al tashes yadcha im rasha im siyaya lechota if you help the person you may not have violated lifne Iver you may have violated a separate issue of al tashes yadcha im rasha don't place your hands together with don't stretch your hand out to help someone who's a rasha a rasha just means here somebody who does an avera right you shouldn't be a person who is aiding. In this, in this Avera. The Rambam seems to believe, he says, quotes a Pasuk, right? that he seems to keep saying that it's an Issa Daraisha to, uh, to help somebody do an Avera. The Archa writes that that's not really true. He's, the Archa Shulchan says it can't be. He says, because when we deal with Lifna Iver, if the person could do the Avera without you, right? so you, it's Chad, we call Chad Iber the Naran, you're on the same side of the river, so uh, that's only Issa Darabana. So Archa Shulchan says, Aiding someone to do an avera that they could really do on their own, anyways, is probably not nisid deraisa. It's nisid derabanan, but still nisid derabanan. But but deraisa derabanan. Why does that make a difference to us? Why do we care? Yeah, because when you have, when you when you have situations that are really you know challenging scenarios, so when you're dealing with nisid deraisa, they can sometimes be be but it's much harder. You're dealing with nisid derabanan, so we still follow nisid derabanan, uh, but it provides more opportunities. Uh, possibilities of, of leniency with dealing with the Um Okay, but Rashi says something very, very important in source number five. Rashi talking about a sim- similar case, um, again, being involved with somebody who's do- involved in an Avera. Um, he says, What's the problem? So Rashi says the only time when this Isra of being machzik day over Avera, being misayeh, helping someone do an Avera, the only time that it becomes an Isra is when, 
One. At the moment that the Aveira is taking place. Why would that be an important... You go to the party. So that might have some relevance to, you know, if I go to the something before, or I go to something after. It's an important point here that uh, if it's not Bishas Aveira, maybe it could be uh, a little, at least in this part, uh, a little bit less of an issue. It comes, actually comes out in another case also. The Nitziv talks about, this happens all the time. The Nitziv talks about the following Shaila. What if you have an, two individuals who are getting married and they're not showing mitzvahs at all? They didn't grow up religious. They, have nothing, they don't know from halakha at all. Um, a Jewish man and a Jewish woman. No. But that means it's a non from wedding. But you know when they get married, they're not going to keep the halakhas of Nida, which is an Isra Karis. It's an Isra Karis. And you know for sure they're not going to keep it, the Isra Munida because they don't know about that. And it's not, again, they're not doing it because they, they, hate, they hate God. They're just not doing it because they don't know. So isn't, aren't I being involved in two people getting to be involved in an Avera? And this is Daraisa. So the Siv says, yeah, but that's not hap- it's not happening. That's not happening, right? That's not happening now. That's, that's exactly what the Siv says. It's not Shas Avera, right? There are other answers to that question also, like, whatever. There are other, other, there are other ways to get around that Shiloh also. But the point is that, and by the way, that's not, that's not, that's not a, we're going to talk about this as we move forward. There's something to be said, there's a different aura in the room for an intermarriage than there is for people who are not keeping certain halachos, right? Intermarriage is something that you don't have to be really from at all to know that intermarriage is generally a big deal. I know that today's in today's society, it's much less of a big deal, but not so many years ago, that was like the absolute worst thing you could do to any Jewish parent, regardless of the level of observance. So intermarriage is, like, is one of those things that everybody knows, that you're crossing a certain line. Um, that I don't keep certain halachos, that's, you know, I'm, that's, that's, it's not seen, it's not, you're not a rebellion in that way, not something that people are really looking at in the same way, but we'll see if, if that matters as we move along. Fine. Um, fine. Um, um, fine. So, the, if you look at source number six, you have another interesting possibility, which, is, which leads you to another interesting leniency in certain situations. The Mishnah Shviya says, If what you're doing is for sure an Avera, so then you can't be involved. But if the person is doing might end up being Nisr and might not, then it's Mutter. Then it's Allah. Why, is that, why should that, why, why does that Mishnah raise questions? What's an example of something that might be allowed? So let's say I'm selling the guy that two by four. He might be using it to, uh, I don't know, to build that house on uh, East Lawn Drive, right? Or whatever. He might be framing the house. Or he might be using it for his uh, two by four of Right. So I don't know what he's don't doing. Don't ask, don't tell. You don't know. So you don't know. So that is but what, but what if I'm the only act in town, there's no lows, I'm the only place to buy it from? I mean, if he's buying it from me and he's using it for his Avera, it's a, it's a derisa. So then what is it? It's a suffix what? But he might have used it for something else. Good. So you might use it for something else, but you might use it for Avodah right. which means that the suffix derisa. Right? The suffix on this derisa. You can about anything. If you're a sports authority and somebody buys a baseball bat, technically they can oh. use it to play baseball or to kill somebody. Correct. I mean, Correct. But, but, but let's say, but again, this is, but this has to be known that there's something people do. I'm giving you a weirdo example. But the point is that if it's something that's known that people do this, he would use it. People use these things for Avodah Zarah, and some people use it for something else. So you don't know. So if it's really a suffix, you're not really sure. So what's the rule be? Suffix deraisa. Suffix deraisa lechumra. If it's a suffix, if it's maybe again, sometimes it's used for an avera, sometimes it's not. So you don't know. So if you don't know, it should be nisa deraisa. 
So the Chazunish says something very beautiful. He says, there's another Isser also. He says, if you refuse to sell this item, let's say to another Jew, okay? Let's say you refuse to sell it to him. Because he might use it for a very humana. So there's one suffix is, I might violate Lifna Iver on him doing the Avera. But what if I refuse to sell it to him? And he knows why I'm refusing. Because I'm trying to control him and tell him it. So I might embarrass him, and he might come to what? Take you to hate. the Supreme Court. He might come to hate me. Yeah. What again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> but the Chazanish says he might, he's going to hate you. He's going to hate from people. And he says, the Isra of Losissa, Sachicha, Bilbavecha, Zanissa, Daraisa. So he says, so he says, so he says, if you are causing this guy, it's a suffix whether you're going to violate, he'll, you'll violate lifting Ever with him, but it's, a, but it's a, almost a vandai, right? It's for sure that he's going to hate you. Um, so he says, the Isra of Losissa, Sachicha, is an Isra Daraisa. So he said, in that case, the, the, the almost the vadai of, of this Daraisa knocks out the suffix of your Daraisa. Again, you can't just apply it to, this, to every intermarriage. That, that, that's what I'm saying. But it's an interesting point, and it's going to take us, take us you know, along the way for some of these conversations. Is it um, That was the assumption then, but... Is it necessary? Like, no, let's say... You're saying no one does a Rosara. A Jew married, let's say a Muslim. Right, right, right. Right, presumably not, right. It's not... You're saying, now the Torah gives us a reason. Yeah. Right, if the reason doesn't apply, so the general assumption... You can make that argument all over. Um, You could, sometimes, but... But... Shlomo Zaman Arbach makes a similar argument when it comes to the, this is like one of these like famous sheer shilas. Like, can you give somebody, you have someone at your house who's not, who's not a, not a, not an Orthodox Jew. And you're to give them something to eat. And what are they going to do if they give them something to eat? They're not going to make a bracha. Okay? So you lift naiva. How can I serve anybody food at my house if I'm not sure they keep, that they can make brachas? Right? So is that, is that permissible? Right? Lift naiva. So Shlomo Zaman says the same answer. He says, you're not going to give someone food at your house and they're not going to make a bracha. He says, you're for sure going to violate the Isra of Lo Sisna Sachicha B'Lovech. You're going to cause them to hate your, hate your guts. And he says, that's why he says it's not, that's not, a, that's not, a, that's not something that we're concerned about. But it's interesting. Um, and that case, by the way, is a case where you are sure he's going to violate the Isra. It's a person who doesn't know the halacha. They never, they, they never heard of a bracha before, right? So it's just an interesting... It's not required to make a bracha. What? It's not required to make a bracha. What am I, what am I missing? A, a Jewish person? Oh, a Jew. Another Jew. Another Jew. Another Jew. Is that your house? You're serving him food. And he doesn't, doesn't know from mitzvah, so he's not going to know to do it. You, and you know for sure he'll never make a bracha. He doesn't know what a bracha is. Right? So the same thing, even though you know for sure that he's going to violate the Easter that way, it doesn't make a difference. Said Shlomo Zaman in the situation, you're going you, to find yourself causing him to violate the Easter of hating, of hating your guts. So, uh, and he might violate the Easter of eating with that bracha. So you, can still, you should still give him what he Fine. Not that you, anyone who's feeding not. You should feed them. You should feed them, yes. yes. Let's make it clear. You should feed other people. <laughs> Don't ask them. When I walk into your house every month, give them a brachos card, you know. <laughs> Wouldn't go very well. Okay. Uh, but there are other issues. There are other issues also. Fine. So, so this one, Machzikideh over Avera. So, um, like we said, that might just be Bashas Avera. But there are other things here also. What about Chizik with words? This is a big shadow. This is always a, this is something that's come up in, in shuls and other places. Can you wish a mazel tov? Can you wish a mazel tov? Couple gets engaged who are getting a, a, a Jewish man marrying a non-Jewish girl or the opposite. Can you wish them a mazel tov? And you're allowed to say mazel tov. So the Gemara and Gittin. What's the other option? 
Just no say nothing. Say nothing. Maybe you condone. It is a happy thing. Drive them away. Make them hate you. Yes. So, the point be, this is a this is a scenario that lots of people find themselves in, right? Someone tells them, you know, my it's your whatever your cousin whatever, and your aunt tells you, by the way, your 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 cousin uh, Johnny just got engaged to Christine. And she's waiting for you to say, Hey, Mazel Tov! Can you say that? Is that what? Like, you know, very nice. Or... Okay, okay. Good but... luck. I didn't even tell you if it's us or not. Says the Gemara in source number eight. Says the Gemara in source number eight. Machzik in Yedei Akam B'Shviyis. If a non-Jew is working the land, a lot of these questions about working land during Shemitah. Non-Jew is working land during Shemitah. You're allowed to be machzik the Dananju. Lememelu, achzuku. And you can say, good job. Chazak v'amatz. Go get them. Pick those, uh, you know, pick that orchard. Plow that field, whatever you want. You can say, you know, go, Muhammad, enjoy. Right? Kihad v'v Yehuda, amalahu, achzuku. V'v Sheshis, amalahu, ashrasa. Whatever, ashrechem, whatever. It should be good for you. Chazak v'amatz, okay? This is the Bavli. What's the implication? Without you seeing the Rambam, who can you do that for? To non Jew. Who can you not do it to? A Jew. you cannot do it to a Jew. A Jew is plowing the field during, during Shemitah. You cannot do so. Uh, for intellectual honesty, show me like this. There's a Yushalmi that says that you can. That you can tell a Jew. Uh, you know, uh, or it implies it's possible that you can do it. But we pass the Yushalmis. We have like Bali. Sorry. I thought you passed them, but like you were showing me in the context. No, you're just passing the Bavli. Machlokas, you're showing the Bavli, you're telling me you're passing the Bavli. Even in cases of like a Shviyas kind of situation? Yes, yes, generally. Well, look at the Rambam, starts number nine. The Rambam says the follows. Machzikin de akum b'shviyas b'dvarim bilvad. You're allowed to be machzik to a non-Jew when he's working the land during Shemitah with words. Kigon shira'u charish ozarea. He's plowing or he's planting. Omerlo titchazik or tatzliach. Vechayotz b'dvarim elu. I know, it's nice, I guess. It'd be nice to not just... Why? Because they don't have any, there's no Isra for them. What, what is the very clear implication from the Rambam? For someone who, is, who has to, you absolutely cannot do that. You cannot say, Hatzlacha Rabbah, it should be great for you, enjoy, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov means good luck, yeah. So does it go in the other direction where you have to review them for, what, for them doing that? So the answer to the question, in, in a certain sense, in theory, is that's the Hochech Tochich Sa'amisecha. It's a mitzvah of tochacha to tell someone they're doing an avera. The problem is, the end of that pasuk says, but don't end up sinning in the process. So that's why, even though, yes, there is a mitzvah on everybody to always tell somebody or to help Jews get on the right path, the mitzvah of tochacha. The problem is, you have to do it in a way that is reasonable that the person won't come to hate you and come to actually make a chil in the process, so, which is very, very hard to, to do. Uh, there are certain people who are experts in this and they can do it well. Most of us, uh, if you're not sure, you know, uh, Suffolk, Tochacha, Lakula. You know, don't, 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 please don't, don't do it. That, that's what comes to me later. later you know. The Yushami says something like, it's like, like it could be, it's okay, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little bit hard to understand. It's social, maybe. It could be that like, you know, again, the fact that you tell the person, you know, Shalom Aleichem, it's so, you know, whatever, it's not so bad, because you're not doing the Avera, because you're not actually easy, helping. It's a lot easier to say when you're in, in uh, Babylon, that uh, you can't, you have to, you have to be basically abrasive to your fellow Jewish neighbors who aren't keeping halacha, as opposed to when you're in the weeds in, in Eretz Yisrael, right? Why? Because this shviyas thing is only relevant in Eretz Yisrael. Right. 
So the Bavli can say, come down hard. Say, oh, yeah, you can be, yeah, if you want to use a historical argument, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point. But yeah, but anyway, we shouldn't be honest with you, Shlomo. This gets me in trouble. I should have not told you, right? The flip side is be honest with you, So find a later and I'll tell you. If we're going to talk about Torah versus Durabanan, if we're going to look in the Torah, actually the only case where we have that I'm aware of of the intermarriage in the Torah, I think it's in Pinchas, where he actually stuck a spear through them. Yes, Bola Ramis, yes. It seems to be a little opposite to what you were. Implying. Oh, so ha ha. Like, should we say Mazel Tov? Should we not say Mazel Tov? I thought it's more like. So Neil says we should go to the wedding with a spear. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a question as to whether to spear them under the chuppah or, 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 or to the yippah. Yes, correct. And, uh, yes. So. It's all, yeah. Uh, Pinchas is the whole Shiloh. How do you understand Pinchas? And, what, and how that works and how it's okay and when it's okay and, you know, very, very uh, unique circumstances. No, the other example, the, very, the other very. Uh, Clear example of intermarriage in the in the in the, de- the seriousness of intermarriage is in Ezra and Nehemiah. When they come back uh, to Eretz Israel, they say that over the seventy years in Babel, they were, like so many people intermarried, and they come back to Eretz Israel and they have this experience. I think it's on Rosh Hashanah, and Ezra like gives them all the musar, and they all divorce their wives, and it's like they're, they're all crying, and it's like a whole like tshuva movement, and, a, and one of the big things that they had to do was to, to divorce their non-Jewish wives, and because a lot of the people when they went to Babel, they did, they got intermarried. So uh, that's another case where it's like seen as a very, you know, um, you know, a very big public example. Um, okay. What? What's the punishment of intermarriage? Uh, I think it's just lotishat in is probably just an, just a love. I think it's just a love. It's just a lotishat in Malkus. You got Malkus. There was a little zara involved in Pinchas's case also. Yes. Yes, um, and it's a good question. If you're, if you have tashmish, is that becoming, is, does that become gila rayos? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it's gila rayos or not. It's a good question. Um, okay. Um, that's what I'm saying. Is that that's what I'm saying? That that is sir, is that gila rayos? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if we consider gila rayos or just an Israel an Israel laugh. Either way, it's a, it's either way, it's bad. It's a Torah a Torah law. Look at the Malkin of Ramon, source number two. When Avram writes in Simon Shin Mem Zayin in Orachayim, verse number ten, Derech Eretz Lomar La Adam Shaosek B'Malacha Titzlach Nachtra. When you pass somebody, the nice thing to do is to say Atzlacha. Uh, it should go well for you. V'Afil La'Akum Avam Misha Osek B'Malachas Iser Aser Lomar Lokach. So it doesn't get clearer than that. Someone who's involved in Iser, you cannot tell them Hatzlacha. Good luck. I hope it goes well for you. But you're not allowed to do that. And Mishabru writes this also. Um, uh, Ravai Yosef says you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to someone involved in an Avera, but you cannot say to them um, Tatzliach. Um, and what's clear, uh, I saw there's a very, very nice article um, written by Rabbi David Staff from Sohar. Um, a very, very long, uh, kind of goes through all these points. I use, it's very helpful actually for preparing the shir. Um, goes through all, a lot of these points. And he, uh, he says clearly that to say, to say Mazel Tov would be Yasser. There's no question that saying Mazel Tov would be a violation of this, this Isra of being to say to somebody. Um, okay, but we're not done. We're not done. A few more. A few more possible Yisurim. Source number 11 has a story. Agrippus HaMelech, Amad Vakiba Vakar of Omid, he was learning, he would like, he was involved, he was a Nanju, and he was involved in learning. Vishabhu, Achachamim, Nachachamim were so like, you know, they, they praised him. He got to the halacha that says, you're not allowed to have a Nanju be the king of the Jews. So what happened? Zalgo Enav Demos, he started to cry when he saw that the halacha is that a non-Jew cannot be a king over Jews. 
Armalot, I said to him, Al Tisyare, don't be worried, Agrippus, Achinuata, Achinuata, you're our brother, Agrippus, don't, don't worry. Okay? So I said to him. So the Gemara said, the Brisa, according to the Gemara Sota, says as follows, Tanam Mishmedi Rabbi Yonasan, source number 12. But Osa Shah Nishchaivu Sone Yisrael Kaliya, Sone Yisrael, the haters of Jews, it's a euphemism. Right? That's, they say Sone Yisrael, but they mean the Jews themselves. Right? At that moment, when they said to Agrippus, you're, uh, you're one of us. They were they were themselves to be destroyed. Why? They gave, they were they were flattering. They flattered him. They flattered uh, an Anju, right? To to show him that no 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 you're good. The things you do are good, right? Being involved in flattering someone who's flattering an Anju is a question, but certainly to flatter someone who's involved in averos is a is a serious problem. And the Uraim writes in verse number thirteen. You hear something bad. You see something bad. He said, no, 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 it's, it's good. Don't worry, what you're doing is fine. And you don't sit quietly. Why? Because you're nervous not to say. Right? You're afraid if I don't say, he's going to be angry at me. Right, he, he, he knows he did something bad, but he doesn't want to say. He's going to fight with me, be angry at me. So if you go ahead and you uh, see someone doing, doing an iser, doing something they shouldn't do, and you uh, praise them for what they're doing, because the Ram says, because you're embarrassed not to do so. Everyone else right. thinks this is fine. Right? And I, I don't want to stand up and say, no good. So, I, so even if you could just say nothing, right? But if you don't say nothing, but instead you say, Yashikoyach, you know, it's nice, it's good, it looks beautiful, it's great, right? What, beautiful simcha, right? That's the Isser, possibly deraisa of lo sachanif, of flattering those. Who were involved in Averos. What if you said something prior to this fact? What do you mean? When it comes to goes, you don't say anything, but before it happened, you spoke your mind. And... In a good way. Oh, before, that, oh, in a bad way. Saying don't do it. No. Saying don't do it. You're like. So that's not the sister, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, no. You win the wrong for not saying anything at the actual No, story. so again, this is, the, this is the wrong here, as the Uranium says, it is someone who, instead of saying nothing, says something positive. That's the answer. But right? you go back to what you said before about Bishas Avera, meaning if it's they got engaged, they're not married yet, and right. they're expecting a Mazel Tov, it's not Bishas Avera. It, according, to, according to that particular idea, it shouldn't be usher to say it then. So there's a separate Isser. This is a separate Isser of, of, of not of Hanifa. It's a separate Isser of Hanifa. Um, yes. Uh, no, it's the Pasuk is Lo Sachanifu Esaaretz. I think it's the Pasuk that says. Um, I believe that's what the Pasuk says. Is, um, is, this, is this a different Isser than the Mazel Tov Isser? Yes, because the, uh, the Mazel Tov Isser, again, Mazel Tov in this case could maybe violate both. Right? Because the first Mazel Tov is that being Machzik them, you're Machzik, you're over your very, probably the Rabbanon. This, according to the Smak and the Aram Kibi, this is the Raisa, to flatter someone who's doing an Avera. And say, Givaldik, so nice, wonderful, beautiful, and so the, nice, so happy to be here. What's the, what's the source for the Mazel Tov Avera? Is that just a Svara? Or is it like a... That's, it's, a it's an extension of, of the Sneiver, as the Rambam said. Right? That, the, 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 uh, you actually cause them to do the Avera, so that's the Sneiver, or you just say, Givaldik, nice job, so that's, so that's uh, 
you know, be machzik in your favor. Um, okay, so, right, so the Minchas Yitzchak, Dayan Weiss, right, since verse number 14, it just passed away uh, a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, in Yerushalayim, lived in Harnof. That why the garu machziko af rak bediber ba'ama. This is worse than just being, being machzik with words. Why the near mized the maskim lasiyaso? It sounds like you agree. Militem biyado velomer lo beferish the asul asul Instead of telling him this is wrong, you do the opposite and you show that you think this is a good thing to do. The, the, the Gemara tells a story about Ula. The Ula was walking with two non-Jews, and one of the non-Jews killed the other while he was walking with them. And the guy looks at Ula and says, was that good? <laughs> so Ula says, so the Mephashim asks, what's going on here? Uh, that's that's the Machnef, and the, and the answer from Russia is, yeah, to be Pikuach Nefesh, you're allowed to do Khalifa. Right, but what's the implication? The implication is, one of, it could be the only time you're allowed is Pikuach Nefesh. Right, but, and otherwise, it remains an Isra to do. So uh, that's another, uh, another an argument. Stav, in his article, argues, he said, you could say that a firm person attending an intermarriage, and everybody knows that you're Orthodox, and you come, the fact that you're standing there doesn't necessarily mean that you approve. You're there because it's your, your cousin or your brother or your whatever. Well, that was and good, that and was you have good. to be there. So, so Stav says, your presence, you could make, say a svara to say, we're going to get to a difference from in a second, that says, I'm, being there does not mean I think this is a good idea. I just, this is my brother, so I'm coming. And I mean, you, you could make such, say such a svar. I was thinking about that idea, and, I, I, and I'm just making an assumption, but I think that most non-from people or non-Jewish people at such an event, if you go with your kippah and your orthodox, most people there will take that as a, um, you know, the, the, an endorsement. Good. Of, of, that's the other side. Know. The other side, this would be very important. We're gonna get, actually, that, that's a perfect segue to our next point. What about going to places where you surim are taking place? And that's another thing. Is there an issue to go to a place where there's an Isra happening? Okay? So this came up a lot uh, back in the, in the 1940s and 50s and 60s when the Orthodox and the Conservative were sort of doing battle a little bit with the issue of Mechitza. Right? And it became very, very strong opinions of Moshe Feinstein and, and Soloveitchik about in those days it was considered usr to go to a Conservative school, Right? Um, because going there was exactly this point. Going there was that's the, the Orthodox shuls were losing the mechitzas. The, the, the new thing to do was to come to a shul, and if it was an Orthodox shul, they would take the mechitzas out, literally. Right? And it was, it was this big battle. And at that point, to the point where Soloveitchik had said, I mentioned this before, that if a person is in a town where the only place to hear, on Rosh Hashanah, and the only place to hear Kiyah Shofar is at a conservative shul, the Rav said, better not to go. Okay? Today, it's a very different story right now. Right? Sociologically now. And I think people don't see walking into a conservative shul with that level of, you know, no one thinks you're being masculine. You're walking into a conservative shul today. Well, what would define a conservative shul at that time? Was it just the Ah, oh, so emotion makes exactly that distinction. No. So let, let's just go one at a time. I, I don't want to, um, I, want, I want to move along a little bit, but Moshe basically has a tshuva here, or Chaim Yichelik based in Mem, where he talks about two issues. Going to a conservative shul and eating in a, in a milchik non-kosher restaurant. Okay? And he says... You can't go to the shul because you're being misayaya. You're showing them that you're maskim, right. especially in those days when, when they were looking for that, right? But to go to a non-kosher restaurant, again, he says it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. He's a b'shasat chak, a person starving, and, and they want to go in and get something kosher. So you go in and you get a Coke or you get an apple or whatever you're going to get in this place. Even though the place is trafe, 
says, if you're really, really stuck, you have to question Maris Ayin and all those questions. So he says, it's, it's okay if you're really Shas Tzachak. So, so Stav asks, so wait a second, what's the difference? I can, I can go Shas Tzachak into a, into a non-kosher restaurant, but Shas Tzachak, he won't let me go into uh, a non, uh, into conservative shul. So he says, exactly this point. He said, because when you go to a conservative shul, it used to be, Gavaksim with the yamaka. ah, see, they're masking to us. They'll, they'll even daven with us, right? Right? We, even today, I think this day, I think some of you feel that way. I should say, I feel that way. When like a Hasidish guy comes and davens with us, it's, it gives me a geschmack a little bit. And I'm serious. It makes me feel good. You know, see, like even. Rabbi, we're, we're, that, that's we're, the <laughs> But no, but, I, but, 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 but even me, right? I have that, like, I have, uh, but I have like that, that, like, oh, they don't think I'm so. But you're daven with me, go, you're daven with me, it makes me feel better, right? So the same thing. When, when, the, when a front person walks into a non-kosher restaurant, like, they don't care. Not, like, oh, now people think we're kosher. They don't, they don't care to be kosher. They don't have a hashkacha. They don't care. Right? So that, that's the point. Because the whole iser right, of going into a place, possibly, that has, a, uh, that, that has an avir going on, could be because of exactly this point. Um, and that's why he makes a distinction also. There are plenty of Orthodox weddings that have things that are not Orthodox that go on in them at some point. For example, Orthodox weddings that end up having mixed dancing at the end. Right? So can you go? Should a person be allowed to go to go to a wedding like that if it's gonna have that at the end? The answer is it's different. It's not set up to be anti-orthodox. Okay, so if that happens at certain certain people that happens at their weddings. But it's not a it's not meant to be this like theological attack. Right? And so by going you're not you're not putting a stamp of approval on any of these things. That's what you know uh, that, that, that's, that, so he explains that. That's why Sternbach says you shouldn't go to such a thing. But a lot of post-gum are, are, are making on such a thing exactly for that reason. One more issue before we get to the Kula. Going to a Seuda, being part of a Seuda that is made to celebrate an Isser. So I'll just go to the reception. Let's go to the reception. The reception is a Seuda which is made to celebrate this Avera. That's what it is. It, we don't think about it this way. Right? But that's exactly what it is. Okay, no one's... Doing it lahaches to attack the Torah, but it's a celebration. Take it the opposite direction. When you go to a suda mitzvah for a bris milah or for a wedding, and the simcha that exists—that's such a suda, right? Bring another child into 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 the Jewish people. You're you're creating another bias nema in Israel, right? And you go to a wedding of of a Jewish person marrying a non-Jew, who is going to be lost from Judaism, and to sit and to misamech at such a suda. What's the best example of a suda like that? That was a terrible suda that the Jewish people participated in. Oh, Ahasuerus. What was that suda? Shem Yishmuel writes that suda was the celebration of the end of the seventy years of Gullus, and God was not taking you back to Eretz Israel. And that's why Vikelim, Vikelim Shonim. That's the that the, the Medrash says. The Gemara says they brought out the Vikelim of the Beis Hamikdash, and they used them at the suda. Yeah. All the food was kosher, the wine was uh, was muvushal, right? Well, everything was fine. So what's the big deal? That's the reason the Gemara says that the entire Gezerah was made on them. Why? Because they came to a Suda which celebrated the, uh, the end to the Jewish people. Yeah. Wait, is right? it a Suda or a party? Like, what's the definition of a Suda? Well, it's not like a halachic Suda. You have to, if, saying, if you don't wash, it's okay. Right, exactly. no, 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 I, so it's a party. It's it's a, a, okay, a party. Celebration. Whatever you want, a celebration, a meal. A meal, whatever you want to call it. Even non-Jews have meals to celebrate, right? Same thing. Yeah, exactly. So... So that, again, would be another issue. Right? The possibility of being involved in a Seuda that's there to celebrate an Avera. Okay, before we get to the Kulas. You see at this point, which hold on a second, you see at this point just the number of issues that are placed in front of you. 
to attend such a thing. And serious, these are serious averos. And all of them involve, the, from a Hashkafic perspective, like the celebration of, or the, the like, um, encouragement of something that is in this direction. Like, can you imagine if we, you went to a party for like, I don't know, I don't want to like, give an example, but of some other Avera, and everyone knew it was an Avera, and you just like, everyone came to celebrate the Avera. Like, it, it sounds like bizarre to us. You never do such a thing. You never celebrate something that's an Isidaresa. But that's exactly what intermarriage is. And again, it's so much more human than that. Sometimes you have to take the emotions out for a second and just look at the text, and you, you just think about what that is. Just from a technically, technical halakhic perspective, it really presents a very, very serious shayla. But yeah. Might be <clears throat> for another time, but what if it's two Jewish people getting married, but it's not really a kosher? Right, so that's another conversation. But oh. but but not almost almost none of this none of this applies, pretty much. Oh. Right, correct. Almost none of this applies. I mean, knowing that they would be married, in, in theory, not really. Yes, yeah, so that's a whole different shell. Like, is it really kedushin, and it's not? And okay. what do you do about the get later, and all all those questions? Right, right. But 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 it's, you're not involved. It's not two people getting involved in an iser, and that's the difference there. Yeah. Like, I'm get to a cool it, it almost sounds like Lifnei Iber is the closest that we come to an actual definition to say that it's not okay to celebrate an answer. I mean, you, you're framing it as like, it's very intuitive that we shouldn't frame it. Right. Like, you know. Well, Hanifa, so, well, Hanifa is a separate answer, and Suda Severa, and these things are 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 different than Lifnei Iber. But the Mahs, like, they over Iber. These are favorite to Gamar. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like particularly clear with the Risa that like, you know, somebody who's doing a mitzvah and you're in Isser and you're, you want to, you know, be positive about it. It doesn't say anywhere in the door, don't be positive about correct. doing bad correct. things, right? Correct, correct. As I heard someone else say, there's no halach in Shulchan Aruch that says, thou shalt not attend an intermarriage. You're right. Right. Correct. Is, Absolutely. I don't disagree with you. Is there a reason? Like, do we, do, do, do we think? I mean, we're sort of talking about uh, we've listed a number of some, some again, a couple of these are Yisra Deraisa. Right. Hanifa could be Nisra Deraisa. The Maxim Deo Rivera could be Nisra Deraisa. That's the Rambam. I mean, we have a number of Rishonim who do find Yisra Deraisa here. Do we have a lot who say these are Yisra Deraisa? Like, yes, absolutely. But I think we're talking about like a, like a framework that's being created through certain halachos right. and then certainly through Chazal. But I, think, but I think if you think about it, it's, 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 a, it's actually very important. Right, the, these isurim are the, like, I wouldn't say the safeguard, but they create a certain environment. They create a get there for us that we should never ever find ourselves involved in the celebration of avir, right? Which I think just makes it's very intuitively correct, but it's also there are multiple isurim involved that that come to prevent it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, the fact that we have a possibility that many of these are only are, are, I shouldn't say only are isurim are abanan, that is going to help us possibly. In certain scenarios. So take a look at the Rambam, verse number 16. There's a fascinating Rambam, the Morning of who says as follows Hatora limda osanu bedavar mida zos haflaga rabba. Very, very, the Torah speaks very, very clearly and, and beautifully about this concept. What's that? The Sharoi la adam lit ogli krovo. Person should be very, very concerned with his relatives. Ula adif es benemish pachtom od. And to place his family members first. Even when his family member hurts him. Even if this relative is like totally. That mushchas is like despicable. Um, you gotta 
care about your relatives, no matter what they've done. Who is Allah? Amar lo tita ev adomi ki achichahu. Right, that's the pasuk says. It means as a like a you know it doesn't mean it's literally right. That you're not supposed to hate an adomi because he's your brother. Meaning Esav is your Edom is Esav. But the point being, the Ram points out very clearly that when you, when you're dealing with your family, you treat it very very seriously. Um, and a number of the poskim uh, point out the following: that when a person gets is becoming intermarried. So what used to happen when somebody got intermarried? What used to happen? Sit shiva. Close them out, never see them again. What was it? People would sit shiva. It was a real minub that people would do. Yes. Literally sit shiva. Literally. They would take Kriya, they I don't know exactly how it would work. I never saw it before. But they were mamish cut off. You're out of the family. We'll never talk to you again. Like, we're not done. Goodbye. Um, and they used to work in the old country. Because you had nowhere else to go. Someone who would take that risk was risking their whole life, their whole social life, their whole... They, were, they, had, they had nowhere to go, right? But today, if a person intermarries, they have a whole life ahead of them. No one cares. No one, they live in the world and no one, no one says boo. It doesn't matter anymore. And, and the question becomes, and I think this is also a very, very important point. When a person gets intermarried, so let's, let's get very technical for a second here. What's the rate of, of, of divorce in this country? 50. What's the rate of, inter, of divorce among intermarried couples? Higher. higher. Much higher. Like 65 or something. I don't know the exact numbers. It's high. Which, by the way, it's mista- it makes sense, right? You're taking two people who live, come from a different, right? But it's, it's higher than 50%. So what does that mean? That means that this, this person, this Jewish person who's getting married now to a non-Jew could come back. That just cannot cook them back. It's like likely that they're going to get divorced from that person, right? I, I don't mean to be like whatever, but it's true, right? Mm-hmm. And if you cut them off now, mm-hmm. right, forget, forget anyways that the idea of not cutting them off, but they're, they're probably going to end up not married to that person anymore at some point. And if you've left them, then who's going to be there for them? And who's going to have a chance of bringing them back? You are the best chance for that person to come back. And by the way, even if they're not going to get divorced, but they, they may have Jewish children. They may, or they themselves are a Jew still. And they, they, they still have a chance to come back and to, and to be closer to Judaism. And the person who has the best chance of making that happen is you, the relative. Not you, the relative. I mean, that is why there have been certainly scenarios where post-skim, Usher Weiss, apparently, I didn't get to see the Jew inside, has, I, I was told, uh, has a Jew where he says something along these lines. That because there's the opportunity of bringing a Jew back to Judaism, which is the greatest thing you could do, so because the, <laughs> most of these things are Israel, they're Abanan, there could be scenarios where you work something out. Uh, some people have scenarios where they don't go to the actual ceremony, they only go to the suda part, maybe they don't eat, or they don't, whatever, like they, they find their way to be supportive of their, of their, of their sibling or of their whatever without saying mazel tov and without being... Again, these things are these things blow up families. They mamish blow up a family. Isn't that just these issues. Disagreement with Chazal. Didn't think about that and say, you see somebody doing something bad. You could you could have thought that maybe you'd go over to them and say, hey, Jew, this is a wrong thing. Why don't you come to my house and teach it? But they didn't say that. They right. Said, right. Distance right. So so the, I guess the argument. Is, and by the way, Salavichik, Shachter, many say I'm not interested. Tzachil Hashem to go. Mitzvah gets an article in Torah where he writes Tzachil Hashem to go. And nothing to talk about. You can't go. You cannot go. A drum person going to such a thing is the Chil Hashem. Even for a sibling? So they, some of them, again, I haven't asked them in specific cases, but they're very, very strong on this. And there are definitely some posts who would say even for a sibling. But I'm just saying there are definitely those who are of the opinion that in extreme situations, like a sibling, 
um, there could be somewhere to, to, walk a, to walk a thin line there and try to find some way to be supportive of that sibling and, and to be, because, because of the possibility of being able to bring them back or, make the, or leave them, let them remain some type of connection to Judaism because you're all they have. So again, I think we saw already the, the, the Yisurim, there are multiple Yisurim here, but because of the strength of that issue, which by the way I think was less likely, probably maybe sociologically, wasn't possible in those days. It wasn't going to happen. And, and also, I think the fact that nowadays cutting people off doesn't work. It's worse, right? In the, in the old days, I think cutting people off was a, was a good get there. Yeah, it was smart. You know, it was like the kicking kids out of, out of yeshiva type of fact. You cut one out, but you're going to save all the other kids. Is this right? under the assumption that this is a rabbi who's doing the officiating, or if it's just a regular justice of the peace? It doesn't matter who's doing the officiating. It doesn't make a difference. Doesn't matter at all? Whoever it is. It's, all, it's an issue no matter what. what it's, if, it's, it's also no matter what. What if like, all my relatives married on Jews think in our stores? So, uh, so that's an interesting question. We made it for a different time. What? They all married Jews. Jews. What, what if you have someone who has a questionable conversion? Or someone who's passionate on descent, or whatever. And they think that everyone at the wedding thinks they want a Jewish wedding. So does that change it? It's an interesting, Shiloh. Yeah, I'm not sure. With like genetics today, it forms like a small percentage of Jews. No, no, no. Mother was Jewish. Mother's mother Jewish. No, I'm saying the mother, even if like the mother, but like Jewish. No, real Jewish. So what is defined as real Jewish? Your mother's Jewish. Your mother is Jewish. Just mother's Jewish. Mother's Jewish. I just have a question. From a genetic standpoint, if the mother was, but she wasn't observing, the mother wasn't observing, and just went back, like, Eventually got cut off, but still the mother is Jewish at that point. The mother's Jewish, and the Jewish, and the mother's not Jewish, and the not Jewish. That's, there's no like uh, genetic testing, 0.2%, you know, no. Uh, so just whatever. from a practical standpoint, yeah. and I realize I'm asking you, I'll regal off. Yeah. So if somebody, for argument's sake, has a relative, a close relative, or a close friend that they neither want to either hurt or anger, and know that, you know, again, in this scenario, Your that they brother's will, kid, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. that they will, if, if they do what is halakhically right or whatever, you know, what is the practical advice Ayom, in, in dealing with this issue? The practical advice, I'm, I don't want to be annoying about it, the practical advice is to ask a shallow one on one because every scenario is different. Because is different. Okay. the question can become like, that, yeah. can you have a conversation with this person? Mm-hmm. Are they, is a conversation a possibility with them? Right. Will you explain yeah, yes no, that you can right. do X or Y, but you can't do Z? Is that, no, they don't even want to have a conversation with me. Is there, what, what, you know what I mean? There's so many. Every, every case is What's your relationship like with this, with right. this person getting married? Do you, do you think you can have a relationship with them? Is that possible? To, no, all I, those, I hear you. That every, all those every things. Be, yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't say, them. like, yeah. I'm not yeah. answering in place of the rabbi, but I have a half-sister who married a non-Jew. Mm-hmm. And what the Orthodox Rabbanim told my family is don't go to the wedding. Don't go to the Suda. Don't have anything to do with them leading up to the wedding. Once it's done, you don't cut them off. Mm-hmm. If you're still part so that's of the one, family, that's one approach. They still right. come over, you know, a few times a year. We still treat them like family. Right. But, but you weren't, uh, you weren't part, part of the simcha. It, it wasn't a simcha for our family. And for that, some people, that didn't rupture your relationship with your sibling, apparently. No, I mean, obviously, it wasn't an easy situation leading up to the wedding and on the actual wedding day. But when it's all done, it's not like they're not your sibling or daughter or son anymore. I mean, you still love them. You just don't. No, but also from their perspective, they might be so angry at you for doing that that they'll, 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 they'll never come again. Right. That's a, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the point. Is that you have to know the people are involved. But it's very late, so we'll we'll stop here. But obviously, we can talk about it. Thank you.